0: Welcome to That's Good Sports Podcast, the podcast about football. That is the title suggests we talk about all sports, but we really don't. I'm Brandon Ferner here with Will Keys. I will. Hi, uh, Brandon, happy the draft is over. I assume. Ha- yes, the getting through the NFL draft for videos is like a gauntlet. Uh, this podcast, uh, you can download it on Podbean. The That's Good Sports Podcast on Podbean. I'm posting this video on my main YouTube channel, but uh, we will be going back to posting the podcast on my second channel. That's good podcasts. So if you want to sub there to listen to this podcast and the blitz, blitzed NFL radio podcast is there uh, just to clarify. So people know uh, usually during the season, Will and I podcast every week off season. It's every other week ish. And that's probably the schedule we'll be sticking to. But today we got a lot to fucking talk about. Um, the draft happened. Uh, it did. So it did. We're, we're probably going to discuss that. Several rounds <laughs> happened. Several. We'll do. We'll we'll dive into the Broncos draft and the AFC West in general. I think is where we're going to focus. Um, but uh, we'll start by discussing the Josh Rosen trade. The Giants, who everybody says lost the draft, and the Washington Redskin Potatoes, who everybody says won the draft. So I think that's a good place to start. I think everybody saw Steve Smith uh, rip Josh Rosen, a new asshole, unprompted. And based on, I think, maybe just what Steve Smith heard about Josh Rosen and his flaws as a college quarterback coming into the <laughs> NFL – And said Josh Rosen basically isn't a man, needs to sack up and compete. Uh, Just basically bitched out and was ready to hand over the job to Kyler Murray because Josh Rosen didn't want to compete. Nothing is given to you. And if you wanted an ass kicking, he could get it up on the stage at the NFL draft. A whole bunch of stuff. But then today I read in Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback, a quote from Josh Rosen's uh, agent. during the whole draft trade, which is kind of interesting. I, I'd recommend you reading it, but um, this was from his agent it said uh, they got the call about, you know, the Cardinals, they were going to take Kyler Murray. Um, but then the the Cardinals couldn't get a draft or a trade partner right away because they waited to try to do it until the, <laughs> the night of the draft. Uh, and Rosen to his agent said, if, like Rosen's agent told Rosen that they might keep Rosen and Murray. And Rosen said, if that's their position, then I'll just beat him out and Kyler can be the backup. Uh, so I just thought that was an interesting nugget after Steve Smith's tirade. Uh, if it's true, then everything Steve Smith said looks even yeah. dumber. If it's not true and them just trying to show that Josh Rosen is a competitor Very smooth PR play. What do you think happened, Will?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was never going to happen. Like, if they drafted Kyler Murray number one overall, there's zero chance that they start the season with Josh Rosen. (laughs) Let alone start him on the roster. Like, he's definitely not starting on the field, uh, regardless of what happens. Like, if you draft the quarterback number one and are planning on trending the other guy, like, he's just getting off the roster as as soon as possible. And uh, luckily for them, uh, and the Dolphins, I guess, they were able to to get rid of them in exchange for 62nd pick and then I think a fifth-round pick next year, something right. like that. Sounds about right. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good deal for the Dolphins. Um, it sounded like uh, they wanted something around like a first, late first-round pick, maybe an early second-round pick. But at that point, they, they got stuck uh, in a pretty tough place because the two guys uh, that you've Would have thought needed a quarterback, uh, had two quarterbacks. Either, you know, the Giants, obviously, you know, according to everyone, reached for Daniel Jones, which I think, you know, you and I both believe too. Uh, And then Dwayne Haskins kind of just fell right to the Redskins, uh, who were probably thinking about trading up to get him in the first place. So those were the only two real suitors for Josh Rosen uh, aside from the Dolphins. And they got their quarterback needs taken care of. On you know, within the first hour of the draft starting, so basically Miami was in a spot where they had all the leverage, and they could say, "Well, we can we can go with the original plan and and just play out a season with Ryan Fitzpatrick and and tank for a good pick and take, you know, whoever to a Tagovailoa or Jake Fromm next year in the draft, or we can give you uh, below market value for a first round talent quarterback, and that's right. what, that's what they got. <clears throat>
0: It's really, like, for Miami, it's a good situation because if Josh Rosen goes in there and starts this season and plays well, then they have potentially found a quarterback to start for them for a while because the, th- the thing that sucks with Josh Rosen is the Cardinals were definitely the worst team last year, but based on their roster, the Dolphins could easily be the worst team this year. <laughs> they so did. Yeah. He, that's like, how they set it up. He is not going into a good situation per se. Um, but if he, he has experience playing for a shitty team, like a year of NFL yeah. experience as a quarterback, like you can't trade that for uh, you know, what you know about a, a rookie QB. That's not a surefire pick uh, coming out of the draft. So if he plays well, Miami, maybe they find their guy. If the Dolphins are as shitty as I think they're going to be and he doesn't play well and they're sitting with the first pick, first, you know, top three pick next year, they're going to be able to yeah. get another quarterback. And they can keep Josh Rosen and let that quarterback sit <laughs> for another year while they're shitty, although I doubt they would do that. My hope would be that Josh Rosen, Right. actually, I, I really hope Josh Rosen succeeds, but for storyline purpose, uh, <laughs> he gets traded next draft. And replaced by a first pick, and goes to a team where that yep. happens, and that just happens every year for Josh Rosen until he accidentally wins a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, he's he's like sideshow Bob, just stepping on the rake every five <laughs> seconds. <laughs>
0: yeah, like by no like, real fault yeah. of his own, he just
1: no, uh, just yeah, bad luck, Josh. Uh, another reason it's a good deal for the Dolphins too. Like you said, like they can keep him around. They didn't invest very much in him. Like a second, no. a, a high second round pick. You know, fifth round pick next year, and they're still paying him uh, on his rookie deal. Like, yeah, in the Cardinals like, are
0: paying out. like six mil, six
1: million right. of his salary or some shit. Yeah, so the thing is, like, it's not a a, a risky trade for them whatsoever. It's really all yeah. upside. Yeah. Uh, so you really have to hand it to them, uh, to the Dolphins. Obviously, they got lucky with what I said about the Giants and the Redskins getting their quarterbacks early. Uh, and really making them the only suitor on the market. But, you know, they uh, they waited it out pretty much perfectly and, and got probably the best deal available from the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, and then the Cardinals went on and drafted, like, three wide receivers. Yeah.
1: And, like, I don't know if that makes them better right
0: now. <laughs> no, but, like, as Josh Rosen – having almost no weapons last year and then see the team take a new guy to replace you and then try to give him
1: all the weapons you wished you would have had. <laughs> like, it just sucks. It, yeah, no, uh, yeah, not only with Cliff Kingsbury, he goes from like, okay, cool. I, I get to play in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Uh, we have the number one overall pick to make our team better too. Like things yeah. are looking out for Josh Rosen. Uh, and then the moment that Kyler Murray decides that he doesn't want to play baseball just everything spirals uh, out of control for him. But, you know, like, he he handled it pretty much perfectly, I think. Like, I don't yeah. blame him for whatever he did, unfollowing the Cardinals on no. Instagram or Twitter because the Cardinals literally changed their handle to Cards Got Kyler uh, <laughs> and were posting every five minutes about uh, Kyler Murray. So, like, uh, who in their right mind would want to look at that, um, knowing that, you know, you just got supplanted and uh, you're about to be traded? you know, within a day. So I don't blame him at all for that. You know, maybe perhaps that's the the millennial in me, but uh, I tend to differ from Steve Smith because, you know, he's got a wide receivers mentality uh, yeah. where you can play five different wide receivers on a team and you can only play one quarterback. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a little very, different. Very different.
0: It's just, uh, it's, it's kind of rare that you see a former player shit on another player the way Steve Smith did. Yeah. When that player's, like, in a, a bad situation, too. And, like, Steve right. Smith was wrong, but I love listening to Steve Smith talk because he does stuff like that. like Exactly. Entertaining. Yeah. And usually, like, even when he says crazy things, there's a solid nugget of truth under what he's saying. And this situation kind of had that, but he was just, I don't know. it was off base. But let's move on to the, the Giants, because they're, right now everybody's laughing at them. Correct. Uh, and, yeah I, yeah, I think they received Mel Kuyper's worst draft grade, um, which was a C plus. So Mel Kuyper, <laughs> pretty positive about insane. everybody's drafts. Yeah. Uh, Thor Nystrom of World kindly gave them a D while giving the Dolphins a D-, and the Raiders and Cowboys, he both gave an F. So I like, uh, I like Nystrom because he goes A to F on his draft rating scale. I'm yeah, like he's a mess around. Whose, whose floor is C+. Um, but the Giants had three first-round picks, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Although they did receive criticism from George R. R. Martin, saying he did not like the selection of Jan- Daniel Jones, so you would think that
1: he had, um, you know, more pressing issues this weekend. But uh, you would think, but he didn't I, have to do any, you know, work with it really. I guess, I, I guess you're right. You know, he might as well relax and watch the draft while waiting for uh, uh, whatever show that is on Sunday night. So. I appreciate it. It makes, him, makes me like him more. Yeah, yeah. Takes time to
0: talk about – he's got a blog, I guess, and he wrote an article oh. about the Jets and the Giants
1: uh, draft picks. I will be clicking on that as soon as we hang up. That's really funny. Uh, by the way, how do you luck into a name like Thor Nystrom? I don't know. It's pretty badass. Yeah, and not just become a professional athlete.
0: I think it would be better if it was Thor Nystrom. Storm.
1: That's pretty good too. Yeah. That's but pretty good.
0: The, what what I love is draft grades and how meaningless yes. they are, but how every major NFL like outlet has to do them because, you know, people consume them. Um, and there's no like repercussions for being wrong. Uh, it's just funny yeah. how it's taken so seriously and n- Almost nobody is ever right. Oh, you mean like mock drafts? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But the Giants uh, clearly uh, are going to be ruined for years, years to come. According
1: to this, yeah. uh, I mean, it all – like, if Daniel Jones is good or, like, even halfway good or, like, a slightly above average starter, uh, six isn't a reach for him. That's just the thing. Like, if he's good enough – like there's been much worse quarterbacks taken at number one overall. So uh, I, yeah. think he's,
0: and he's, Kyler Murray could end up being right worse. Like he has got potential to be great, but let's be honest. There's a lot of uncertainty around him as an NFL quarterback as well as explosive and accurate. Like there's a lot there, but there's really, I don't know this draft class for quarterbacks was kind of weird. So Nobody thought Daniel Jones was the second-best quarterback no. in the draft except the Giants, and they tried to lie and say other teams wanted him, and that's not true either.
1: <laughs> yeah, not, at, it, uh, not at the range where <laughs> – Right. Not at the range between 6 and 17 where they thought uh, they wouldn't be able to get him if they didn't take him at 6. But the thing about Daniel Jones, like when you watch him, it's not a surprise that the Giants took him because uh, we've all heard about – you know. Uh, David Cutcliffe and the Manning Passing Academy, but his mechanics, his passing mechanics, are pretty much identical to that of Eli Manning. So this is just uh, you know they, the Giants know physically that uh, unless there's some type of um, technology that comes along in the next you know two to three years, they won't be able to stretch out Eli's career um, you know into you know twenty one hundred, the year twenty one hundred, but uh, getting Daniel Jones, who is basically a carbon copy of Eli Manning, is the next best thing. Right. And I, I, I they're like, um, yeah, uh, they're like, what's his, like, they're like Liberace, who, like, made his, um, his, his husband, like, get all this plastic surgery to look more like Liberace. <laughs> um, that's the best, uh, analogy I can think of. Basically, they just wanted, um, they just wanted Kmart Eli Manning and that's kind of what they got.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, not even Target, Kmart. No, 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 no.
1: Yeah, Target Eli Manning would be like... uh, Yikes. Probably (laughs) the next, you know, the next actual Manning that comes along. Target's, you know, a pretty good store, in my opinion. No, Target is... I mean, it's...
0: It's the... Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I break out the highs thinking about Target. Uh, Sorry, I'm trying to look get to the Giants' uh, draft picks here.
1: Um... Well, they got yeah, they got Dexter Lawrence uh, with their next pick at 17, and then they got DeAndre Baker. uh, They traded back into the first round to get
0: right. So that's the thing. Like at. at six, taking Daniel Jones, when uh, you could say, okay, they could have taken him at, at seventeen and just grabbed one of the more premier pass yep. rushers at six,
1: right? Which is who they would have taken, uh, according to to Dave Gettleman himself after the draft. They would have taken who? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah, yeah. and maybe they should have. Like, but
0: it depends. Like Dexter Probably. Lawrence <laughs> might be great on the defensive line, and I think they got a really good corner in DeAndre Baker so they like they added talent in that first round they did while also adding you know Daniel Jones who probably won't play at all next year unless Eli Manning gets hurt so i don't think it's as bad as everybody made it out to be it it's just a strange narrative to to kind of run off of and i think it's just like too easy to say that the giants fucked up <laughs> um and that the the in in Washington is getting right. glowing reviews from everybody because they take Haskins at fifteen when everybody thought they were going to trade up to get him, and the only reason they're saying that is because they got good value at that pick, and that's what it's. I think that's what draft grades are really all of, all about is right value for where you select guys.
1: Yeah, because you can't like judge like all right. Well, we know these guys are going to be good, and these guys aren't. Uh, like nobody knows until you know, three or four years down the road. Uh, but I think the only way you can adequately give draft grades is like based on who manipulated the draft well, uh, and who traded down and usually like the best draft grades go to teams like the Broncos who traded down, uh, and got a player in the second round who is projected to go in the first round. Uh, and that's really, you know, that's all you can say is like someone who, you know, knew the trade market well enough, uh, And we're still able to accumulate value um, based on, you know, getting the guys they wanted plus additional picks.
0: Right. And, you know, Washington then uh, drafted Montez
1: Sweat. Yep.
0: After he he was cleared from
1: the the medical thing
0: or whatever.
1: And the fastest 40 time in the history of defensive linemen at the combine. (laughs) So could turn out to be a really good pick.
0: Yeah, I just like it maybe this is a great draft for the uh for Washington. Um and maybe Haskins turns out to be a really good quarterback for them. But that I just have no faith in that
1: organization to be good. I mean, I think we kind of forget that the Redskins were on a trajectory toward the playoffs before Alex Smith's leg got corkscrewed. Uh, and completely mangled and chewed off by wild dogs on the field. Um, and after that, obviously, when you lose your quarterback and then Colt McCoy goes down too, and then, like, Mark Sanchez goes down too, and you're literally reaching into the AAF for a quarterback to win a game, uh, yeah, your season's going to spiral out of control. But they were in a pretty good place until a disaster struck last year, and that completely changed the the entire trajectory of their franchise Uh, Because they still have to pay Alex Smith, knowing that he's not going to be on the team next year. Uh, They still have to pay him a lot of money. Uh, And now, you know, you're still paying, you know, who knows, because you're paying Case Keenum, too, uh, although at a discounted rate from what he signed for with the Broncos last year. But he's, you know, he's on the books. Uh, Alex Smith is on the books. Uh, And then potentially the best quarterback on your roster is Dwayne Haskins, who's not going to you know, cost a lot. But, you know, in a year from now, Alex Smith's going to be ready and you're going to be paying a backup uh, unless he has any trade value, which at that point, I don't think he does. Yeah. It'll be
0: interesting to see how they handle that all. And really it's just like last year, you're right. You know, injuries derailed Washington, but it's like, it's always something for for Washington Yeah. and there's continued disconnect between ownership and coaching. Like, Daniel Snyder does not try to work with his head coaches or, or be on the same page or communicate with them. And I think if you have that problem, you're always going to have issues with your team. Even if, like.
1: That's why I don't believe in the Browns still.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you, well, who, who's their who's GM? Dorsey? Dorsey, yeah, John Dorsey, like. I feel like Dorsey's changing that culture there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, probably a topic for another episode. But I, you know, you yeah. still need the foundational pieces there. In You're order. right. That's
0: that's a good two, I to go. I to don't the think the
1: Redskins now. should be allowed to draft a quarterback until they like fix their field and assure people that uh, you know their cleats won't sink into the ground uh, and you know just rip their ACL off of their kneecap. Do they have a bad field gotta, notoriously? You know, so: Gotcha. You did.: so Yeah, I think they got a good draft grade, essentially because uh, there are these reports that Daniel Snyder is going to take over the draft and do something really, really stupid. <laughs> and then the moment that he did not do that very, very stupid thing, people are like, "Wow. This is this you know, is.: <laughs> great move. This is incredible when they just did the thing that they were supposed to do the whole time. Dave Gettleman was like, I'll show you how to be
0: stupid, Daniel Snyder. Yeah, watch him learn. That NFC East, you know. All right, let's go. Let's head into the Broncos draft Yep. Uh, because I'm sure a lot of people want us to talk about that, Will. Correct. Uh, they Their highest draft grade was an A, lowest C plus. So pretty good
1: range there. Um, could be anything according to Mel Kiper. Could just right. be the worst draft, could be the best. You know, in
0: the moment, I really did not like them moving back and not taking Devin Bush. Uh, I just felt like I had heard so much positive talk about Devin Bush as a player heading into the draft that would, it would have made a lot of sense to get that kind of dynamic player on defense. Um, but overall, I think most people are really happy with the Broncos draft. Um, I think my biggest critique is I'm not sure Connor McGovern is a good center. They do have Sam Jones, who they could swap at center, and then they have uh, McGovern, Leary, and Reisner, who they can figure out however they want to play in the guard positions.
1: Reisner can play center too. Uh, Right. That's kind of one of the reasons they took him is because he can play tackle guard and center. Yeah, Uh, so it's – right.
0: Like I think I said in my video, like I would have, I would feel very good about the Broncos' line had Matt Paradis been returning, but that's kind of a, a minor critique if you're worried about maybe one position on the offensive line, especially compared to where the Broncos have been previously. Yeah, and I'm not saying Garrett Bowles is going to be great or you know Jawan Taylor is going to be great, but I think they're going to be decent. And I Juwan think Ju-
1: is Yeah, they didn't take Jawan Taylor.
0: Um. Oh sorry, I, I'm talking about the tackle they signed from Miami. Juwan James,
1: sorry, not Juwan, Juwan James. James. We're all getting it mixed mixed up. It's Juwan.
0: There's too many Jawans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they take Noah Fant at 20. What do you right. what, do you like that pick, Will? I've already talked about it. Do you like it?
1: Yeah, see this is confusing for me because uh, obviously they you know they trade down from ten to twenty, which I thought was fine because they're gonna get pretty good value for it. And if Vic Fangio wasn't a fan of Devin Bush or wasn't sold on him you know that's good enough for me because yeah you got to trust that specialty is linebackers Uh, and you know what like they've spent a lot of resources at the tight end position and I I shouldn't say a lot of resources but they've kept like trying to it like mid-draft. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been trying to cheap out a little bit at tight end or like trying to hit home runs, you know, late in the draft, like with Jake Butt. And obviously um, we've gotten, you know, like three games from him and Jeff Hyreman, who they re-signed but is, you know, often injured. Right, and then um, like Matt McCossas and A.J. Derby's like. Right, right, right. And it's like we just need a playmaker there and let's invest in the first round. Uh, and you get, cause obviously you get the two Iowa tight ends who so TJ Hawkinson's kind of like the, the more complete guy is a, is a really refined blocker and he's got more height, but then no offense, kind of the guy who like stretches the field in a way that, uh, he's sort of like, I don't want to call him like Evan Ingram because Evan Ingram's like pretty much a wide receiver, but, and then, and then this is too lofty of a comparison, but I, I want to give people like an idea of like what his play style is like. Like he's kind of gonna be used like Shannon Sharp, where he stretches the field down the middle, uh, and then you you want him like to to get matched up on linebackers so he can just torch them down the middle of the field, uh, and, and kind of just kind of spread him out and, and give Flacco a, a guy who he can just go deep to down the middle of the field whenever yeah. he wants. And he
0: and he's he was. Really good in the red zone for for Iowa. So yeah, uh, that's an area the Broncos have struggled. And now looking into Cortland Sutton coming into his second year, uh, there's like he's a he's a jump ball guy in the red zone, right? And if you've got two players like that, if you have Fant and Sutton, you have got a mismatch on one of those guys where you can take a, an easy safe shot into the end zone, uh, especially with. Uh, you know Joe Flacco, and then I think the thing that makes the most sense about the the Noah Fant pick is the way San Francisco had success with George Kittle and you yep. know, bringing in uh, Scangarello to be the offensive coordinator. And obviously, that's you know, that's not going to be all on Rich Scangarello. That's you've got Kyle Shanahan there designing that offense. Um, you've got George Kittle, who's a, a special talent at the position, but there's a a fit there there's a way to tie in me believing that they're going to have success and how they utilize Noah Fant next year
1: yeah and you got so you you can run a lot of two tight end formations where you know Noah Fant's either flexed out or he's off the line and you can have Hireman blocking uh, and there's just a lot of a lot of things that you do and you have a really diverse tight end room between uh Hireman, Fant, and Butt. who like, And
0: Fumagalli, who we don't know what kind of – Yeah, we don't really is. know what he
1: – you know, who he is at this point. Um, Where did he come? You know, was he Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah. So I know
0: Wisconsin b- people love Fumagalli. It's all,
1: yeah, four Big Ten uh, tight ends. One of them's so okay, to work out. Who really knows uh, – I don't know, maybe they all make the roster. That would be nice, I guess. Here's here's
0: the other like thing I thought was really smart and it was uh Brandon Thorne on the Athletic wrote about this. But the AFC West uh their linebackers are terrible at defending tight ends. So last including year including our own, yes. Yeah, including our own. But last year <laughs> Kansas City was 30th. They gave up 13 yards per reception, the Raiders 25th, 12.2 yards and the Chargers 21st, 11.8 yards uh per reception. So hopefully if Fant works out, like, you know, they always talk about you're, you're trying to build your team to compete within your division. Uh, and I think if you're looking at this, this is one of those moves that, uh, assuming those things continue, but they never do because, you know, the defenses and teams change every year, but that might be a great mismatch for the Broncos to exploit in the AFC West.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a good idea to have like a super athletic tight end, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it could ever be a bad thing.
0: Um, okay, so Dalton Reisner, everybody agrees yep. this was the greatest pick in Broncos history since uh they traded for John Elway. So my question to you, Will, is Dalton Reiser, is he as Colorado as Philip Lindsay? And I want your opinion because you live in Sacramento.
1: Yeah, no, obviously I'm uniquely uh qualified to weigh in on this question. Uh it's a good question because he's not an underdog necessarily. No, uh, maybe in the sense that he was like a first round talent that went early in the second round. That's his underdog story. And he'll be on like, he'll get this whole like sports center feature on him a year from now. Doesn't live with his parents. I don't know if like living with your parents is like a very Colorado thing. I don't know what, uh, no, I think I, it's, it's probably average for on state, uh, yeah. sort of, I mean, I, probably I, I above think average, actually, yeah, I don't know what your housing markets like right now expensive. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it is. Like maybe, you know, living with your parents will be a very Colorado thing to do. Uh but he, he seems like very gritty. A uh, big fan of John Elway. Uh, that helps. <laughs> that a helps fan you of give all the local teams. John Elway. Yeah. I don't yeah, I think if you just like admit that like you're a, a John Elway guy ahead of the draft, there's like an eighty percent chance he'll take you. Unless your name's Dwayne Haskins,
0: exactly. Yeah, I think uh, the difference is Philip Lindsay came in being pissed off at the Broncos for not taking him, uh, right? And his mom was the only reason he signed with Denver because uh, he wanted to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> and, and <laughs> Dalton's just very thankful to to be there. Uh, he allowed one sack in college. Pretty good. Like, I mean, he, he didn't. Yeah, he
1: wasn't playing in like. Uh, necessarily the best defensive conference coming out of the Big 12, but one sack in college is one sack in college. Two so. hurries last year, yeah.
0: So pretty good. You got to feel good about the Broncos' offensive line, and then Isn't of he's got course a good
1: offensive lineman name too, Dalton Reisner. Yeah, that sounds like a, a line guy. Yeah, he <laughs> seems like he could be around for 10 years.
0: Not as good as like Willie Trenches, but no, <laughs> that's just Willie, a guy I made up. Willie McTrenches. <laughs> Willie McTrenches
1: yeah, and uh, going 12th overall next year.
0: Ooh, John Wall would be a good offensive lineman.
1: Yeah, like yeah, that basketball a better reference? offensive lineman than a point guard.
0: Whew. Nailed it. Nailed it. You like them Nuggets, Will?
1: You rooting for those Nuggets? I was, yeah, yeah. All right. Who are they playing this round? The uh, Trailblazers. The Trailblazers. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Yeah, you know, God knows my team hasn't been in it for uh, several decades. So, yeah,
0: you think uh, you th- are the you think the Blazers are gonna upset the Nuggets?
1: I don't think it would be an upset. It's the two and the three seed. So, yeah, I know, but they <laughs> are the three seed. Will yeah? Um,
0: How good yeah. are the Blazers? Is my question.
1: They're always good enough to to win in the first round. Okay. But they lost Yusuf Nurk- Nurkic this year, who was a big part of their know, offense. Right. And um, I don't think their ceiling is quite as high without him. So Cool.
0: Okay, that's all the basketball talk you get was, today. Yeah, I was
1: talking NBA. And then the Broncos take Drew Locke. The big pick. This, this is the big. reason that they got such a high grade. Um, he came in. I, Value. I, Value. Yes. <laughs> Value, because a lot of people had us taking him at 10. Uh, and any time you can take a player projected to go at 10, at 42, that's going to help you out. I think that's he a was, pretty good move. He was the second best quarterback in the draft
0: before Kyler Murray decided not to play baseball. Yeah. But also, he was – I think he got a lot of recognition because people knew John Elway was interested in him as well. Yeah. And one thing I will discredit the Broncos is they're not good at – when John Elway likes a quarterback, everybody oh, yeah. knows for – they t- Yeah, they tip their cards. Like, Paxton Lynch, people were talking about him to the Broncos for weeks before the, the draft. In the middle
1: of the season, there was a report, like, while Peyton Manning was still on the team, that they are calling Paxton Lynch's high school coach. Yeah, like, they, they're – clearly at- was not a reliable source, by the way. Right.
0: no. <laughs> so – And John Elway does not have a great track record with his college quarterback evaluations. But last year's draft was pretty good. I would say this draft isn't bad. I'm not sure it's as great as everybody says it is. Uh, It's solid for only six picks. Um, Yeah. You know, I don't think... They needed to trade up to take their their sixth-round pick, Jawan Winfrey. But I don't think so either. Drew Locke, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I watched Missouri football all year and I have a good feeling for who Drew Locke is. Uh, I'm just going on based on what I've read and researched over the last, like, two weeks and the highlights and the shit I've watched. <laughs> and he seems like he could be really good, but he seems like he could. Just like, I don't know, Daniel Jones. I don't know, truly, with Dwayne Haskins. I don't have a good feel on it, and I'm obviously hoping he is the best quarterback in this draft and turns out to be a franchise guys for the guy for the Broncos, but I don't think that's that's by far not even close to like a solid feeling I have. Like, yeah, Drew Locke's definitely the guy moving forward. I don't know.
1: No, you don't know. And um kind of the the thing that most people who know about this subject said was that his best case scenario is if he can go somewhere where he doesn't have to play right away. And obviously with Joe Flacco, that's, you know, not going to be a necessity um, barring some type of injury or like five interceptions in week one. Yeah. Uh, Starting
0: out 0-3 or Flacco
1: getting hurt. Like those are the two ways Drew Locke starts. Yeah. And even that's better than starting week one, um, uh, you would assume. Yeah. But, there, yeah, and plus, like, there's way more pressure to play earlier if you go at 10 versus going at 42. No, so that's true. There will be people that will be calling for him to start because, like, there are people calling for Kyle Sloater to start. <laughs> um, it doesn't necessarily make it right. Is Sloater the official backup in Minnesota
0: now? I think so. Well, they Simeon, just signed, yeah. Simeon signed with the Jets. Right. Which is something I missed somehow, I think. Yeah, that was pretty
1: under the radar. Or we would have done a 40-minute video about that. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, we still might. Uh, I think he is, yeah. And people there love him, too, because he's just like the king of the preseason, just master of the fourth stringers. Just by the way, it doesn't mean you're going to be good uh, (laughs) against, like, uh, you know, Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson in in week 14. Right. Uh, But the thing about Drew Locke is – he it was super productive at Missouri. Like I went back and he started his junior year. So, the, uh, Missouri started one and five in the SEC. And you're like, okay, he's basically hit rock bottom uh, in his college career. And then they dug themselves out. And like Drew Locke goes on this absolute tear, throws 43 touchdowns a season, and climbs back and goes seven and five in a season where he started one and five in the SEC. Uh, and from there, like, people are taking him seriously as a draft prospect. Uh, he's still got some issues. Like, he doesn't throw very well with his legs. But, you know, at the same time, neither is Patrick Mahomes. And Chiefs figured that out pretty well. So, he's going to need some coaching. Uh, and he's not a finished product. But, you know, like, Daniel Jones is a finished product. Uh, and being a finished product, like, right when you're drafted, doesn't. it's not necessarily the best thing. It just means like you have a a ceiling, and you've probably you know come close to reaching it already. So uh, there's a range on you know how good he can be, um, but the ceiling is as high as I think anyone in this draft.
0: Yeah, it, to me, it feels like for Drew Locke to succeed, based on kind of what the what I saw is he needs to have a good offensive line when
1: he does yep. start playing. So it, yeah, so it helps that Dalton Reisner has taken one pick ahead of him.
0: Right, and because a lot, a lot of what I saw with Drew Locke is he made incredible throws when he was, had a lot of time to do so. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, and that's not to say he didn't make good, you know, off-script throws or under pressure necessarily either, but that's also when he made mistakes, was under pressure. And you can say that about any quarterback, too. That's not like some yeah. thing, but he seems like a guy, if he goes in and the Broncos have a good line – he gets that confidence about being able to play at this level. I think that'll be the thing that helps him excel. And maybe we see what his full potential could be, you know, early on. And, he, and because of his arm strength, you know, his footwork is, is criticized, like you're saying Patrick Mahomes. But if you can make any throw on the field from your fucking back foot or something, mm-hmm. you know, that's the, the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes sort of let them do their thing. Uh, yeah. also, as I pointed out in my video, he has the hashtag, uh, Drew Locke has a horse cock following him to Denver. Mm-hmm. Not even as you think I would be doing focusing on the part about cock, but horse, I think horse Broncos. Well, that's, important.
1: that's important. It's really important. In my yeah. Opinion. Cause even like horse, you know, we don't say that about Nick Foles. We just say as a big dick. Yeah. But like if, to- it, if it was
0: Nick Foles, yeah. Eagle cock. It would have been very, uh, I don't know, telling. If that right. was his hashtag in college and then he won a Super Bowl for the Eagles, Nostradamus with the hatch- hashtag, you
1: know? Chisk. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been A weird, yeah, thing for – I was trying you know, to think you know, of Nostradamus. Wildcats.
0: And I, I, I could only, I kept thinking of Rasputin instead, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out the.
1: Yeah, two you know, guys that are. Different. Commonly confused.
0: Yeah, Rasputin and Nostradamus, my two yeah. favorite uh, people one, in
1: history. One made predictions; the other one just wouldn't die. Wouldn't die, you know. Both
0: good people to be associated with for. I guess the quarterback.
1: so. Quarterback, yeah. Tom,
0: Tom Brady is probably Rasputin. At this point, yes.
1: <laughs> At this point.
0: Uh, okay, so. We got Locke, and then the Broncos take uh, Draymond Jones from Ohio yeah. State,
1: defensive line. I uh, was in the kitchen uh, when this pick happened, and, like, the TV is a little far, further away, uh, and I heard Draymond Green. <laughs> so I was thoroughly confused, as you might very imagine. Like, they already picked a tight end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, he thing- played
0: football once, and he was not very good. Uh, like – when the Broncos moved back to 20, I was hoping they were going to address the defensive line at the 20 pick because the the top part of the draft had a lot of edge rushing and defensive line talent um, because, I don't know, I just think that's an area where they can get better is on the defensive interior. But then, I, again, I started looking at the depth the Broncos have – so you've it's not got, a weakness, really. No, you've got Gotsis, you've got Harris, and you've got Wolf, And now you have Draymond Jones. You have Demarcus Walker, who is going into his – is this his third coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball?
1: Hopefully uh, – some- no, It's his it second coaching staff. But, the yeah, what, what people believe is that, like, he just wasn't used properly by that coaching staff at all. Right. Um, and then – this one is going to make a commitment to him, which may or may not happen. But uh, Yeah, we just don't you know. know. Like, and
0: Zach Kerr's there, and they, yep. they brought back Billy Wynn, who, who I liked when he was with the Broncos. Uh, so I think I feel pretty good about you know getting another guy who can go in as a, a rotational piece on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. And he looks, he looks like an edge rusher who just kind of plays in the middle of the, the defensive line to me.
1: Yeah, he, no, he looks like a classic, like, three-technique guy, so uh, probably fits in well with the scheme. Um, I honestly didn't really know much about him um, until you mentioned that he had, like, a ton of pressures um, in college. So. so that'll be good. will Good enough for me. Oregon know.
0: linebacker Justin That's Hollins. Also, like, he plays a lot of outside linebacker. He played inside linebacker. have no yep. clue how
1: is going to use him, but – Uh, I saw him play in college, uh, and I think he scored a touchdown at the game uh, that I was at. So I'm just going to say this is a really good pick. Great
0: pick. And then the Broncos, I think, reach pretty high for Jawan Winfrey from Colorado. But it's a guy they, I guess, really liked. I know Philip Lindsay really likes him. He battled adversity. I, I don't know. I forget the college you went to before CU. Do you know which college it was? I have no idea. But he got suspended for PED or drug use or something and got a second chance with CU. And from what everybody said, like, capitalized on it. It helped him shape him into a man. All the cliche bullshit you hear about somebody who does something good with a second chance. Uh, and, I like, adding another piece to the wide receiver set is totally fine. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask, are you surprised that they waited until their last pick to take a wide receiver?
0: Um, I don't know if I'm was surprised, uh, but you know, with Emmanuel like, Sanders being yeah in what is could be his last year in Denver, I guess I would have I would have been fine if they used a pick earlier on a wide receiver. Uh, also, because I did a video about wide, we did a video about wide receivers, and I had to learn about them so. Correct. I would have, like, maybe known the guy they picked, and that always makes (laughs) me feel better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another thing, like, we should talk about, too, that, like, is kind of um, telling just by omission is they didn't take a cornerback. Yeah. Uh, No, that was huge. A good sign. For Chris Harris. You would think for Chris Harris that they're going to pay him, uh, and John Elway is going to stick to his word that they're going to address it after the draft. Because if they (laughs) had, like, traded down and taken, like, DeAndre Baker at 20 – then I think uh, we're all about to be kind of nervous. Yeah,
0: no, that's true. Although, even if the Chris Harris stuff didn't happen, I would have wanted to see them take a corner. That's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, Isaac Isaac Yadam is the, you know, the the depth guy there who's going to fill in if something happens to one of the other corners. But other than that, like, I thought there was a decent amount of corners that they could have taken you know, in the second round as well. So, uh, well, the corner run happened right before they picked. So, uh, but at 20, they could have gotten, you know, a really solid talent, but I think it is a good sign for Chris Harris. I think it's good that John Elway wants to talk to him one-on-one or whatever. Uh, and I think it'll get worked out even though it looked like he was gone. Um, (laughs) before the draft started, I was prepared to write a, Chris Harris gets traded video with you, Will, and I'm glad we didn't have to do it. This Hopefully,
1: week. that never sees the light of day.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but the big, the big Broncos signing is Malik Reed, who you right. told me you had a class with. Give us the details yeah. on Malik Reed from Nevada, right? You went to college. Yeah, yeah. Nevada. Well,
1: I took CH, uh, that's Core Humanities 202 with him uh, back in second semester my sophomore year of college so that was I was taking that class with him uh I was there on Friday when the Broncos won the Super Bowl on Sunday so I don't that's just kind of a sign wow. uh wow. every single day but to be fair it was a 9 a.m class on Friday morning <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, didn't seem you know I don't know I can't really say for him I don't want to speak bad about a guy who's uh you know on the team now But he was projected to go, like, from the, you know, anywhere from the fifth round to, you know, where he actually, you know, went out, you know, went on to do, which was sign as an undrafted free agent. So, I think it was a really good value pick. Uh, Pretty good edge rusher. Um, Has a chance to, like, make the practice squad, I think. Um, Just a talented guy. Like, was at Nevada for a long time, clearly. Like, he was there when I was a sophomore. I'm out of college now. So, he was there for four years. Um, I just thought it was funny because, like, everyone knew he was a football player automatically because, like, on the first day of class, like, we all go around and, like, uh, this is, like, a small class, like a like a group discussion type of class. uh, And, like, everybody goes around and, like, says, like, all right, something interesting about you and, like, you know, where you're from, what's your hometown. It's like, all right, yeah, I'm blah, 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 I'm from Sacramento, whatever, blah, 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 I'm from Reno. And he's like, uh I'm from Alabama. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah. We get it. You, you're good at football. <laughs> yeah, nobody leaves Alabama to go to Nevada. <laughs> nope. Unless, Unless there's, there's like, like a sports, a big reason. Yeah. Uh,
0: so you think a uh, solid, solid pick there for the Broncos? then?
1: I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think Part he was like a, one of the priority free agents. Cool. Yeah, so I'm I mean, excited. I'll get it if his jersey ever becomes available. You and know, I'm that I can afford his jersey, just <clears throat> questionable. Uh, I might get it. <laughs> nice yeah uh, then
0: uh the only other undrafted free agent i want to talk about is uh brett Rippin. uh-huh he, yeah boise boise state quarterback uh and this is i don't know it's just kind of crazy to me that he's the nephew of mark Rippin, mm-hmm. who beat jim kelly in the super bowl correct and John Elway drafted Jim Kelly's nephew. Uh, John Elway doing quarterbacks he used to play against solids by bringing their their nephews on board. But also, like, people like Brett Rippon
1: quite a bit. They did, yeah. Yeah, no, he was a four-year starter at Boise State. Uh, was really, really productive. Probably their second best quarterback in, you know, the history of their school behind Kellen Moore. But a more pro, uh, you know, more suited to the pros than Kellen Moore, obviously. Uh, this is a guy who could have been drafted too, um, and it would have been surprising if, like, the Broncos took him anywhere from the fifth to the seventh round. So, I actually think this is a guy who can develop into, uh, like, a long-time backup for them if everything goes well.
0: We got uh, uh, Drew Locke starting yeah. and Brett Rippin backing him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Rippins – Also,
0: great value, Will – Great value, and nothing is more important in the draft than
1: value. Correct. I think we've, yeah, no, I think we've learned that. Uh, I was gonna say that, yeah, the Rippin. People were talking about the Bosas being the new Mannings. Mm-mm. I think the Rippins are the new Mannings. <laughs> uh, you've got obviously uh, Mark Rippin Super, Super Bowl, Bowl MVP. MVP N- didn't really do anything aside from that in his career. That's okay. Uh, right. Angela Rippin, who was, I assume, the MVP of the lingerie football league at one point. Uh, and then you've got Brett Ripon, who could potentially be the Peyton Manning of that family.
0: I think we got a good video: the new royal, fam, royal family of football, the Ripons. That's right. <clears throat> um, also, didn't the didn't the Giants almost sign Brett Ripon, or was that Malik Reed? One of those guys almost went to the Giants, uh, but then the Broncos got him. I'm pretty sure. I think that was Reed. Was it okay? Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's the Broncos and. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders. Uh, Raiders, another controversial team in terms of draft grades sort of all over the place. But uh, let's start with the Chargers. Highest grade A, lowest C+, just like the Broncos. Not a lot of people talked about what the Chargers did in the draft. Uh, I, I would say they needed more help on the offensive line, and they only took one offensive lineman. So I would say that's their knock. But then they selected Jerry Tillery, who I mocked to the Broncos at 10. This is a great pick. Great pick for them. Yeah. Addresses a need for the Chargers, which is what I thought with the Broncos' interior sort of pass rush, even though Shelby Harris should be starting for the Broncos. Uh, so I think they're going to get more out of him. But Jerry Tillery, Notre Dame, he will pair with Brandon Mebane, Joey Bosa, and Mel uh, Mark Ingram. Yeah. Mark Ingram. God damn it. Yep. yep. Uh, on the, the defensive line <laughs> for the Chargers. Uh, do you want to talk about this, or should I just go through all their picks and we can kind of just glaze No, over I mean,
1: they see. clearly have a strategy. Like, they're loading up on defense. Um, I think it was a pretty good draft they got Nasir Adderley to put next to Derwin James. So they've got – you know, if he turns into a really good player, then that's maybe the best, you know, safety one-two tanner. at safety in the NFL. And young. So young. Yeah, so that's um, disheartening for AFC West fans.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the Adrian Phillips, Rayshawn Jenkins, Derwin James, Adderley, they have depth at safety now. They do, yeah. And then, and then they take maybe one of the better-named players, Tackles, uh, Trey Pipkins from Sioux Falls.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like kind of an ironic name to take a guy named Pipkins at Tackle, who's like one of the bigger players on the team. Uh, yeah. It's like when you call like a big guy like tiny little, yeah, yeah. little 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 Trey, uh, and then Tranquil is just not a very inspiring name for True Tranquil a linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, you want know, like a just like a really like aggressive name, and then you just get Tranquil.
0: Yeah, so that's two Notre Dame picks for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Then they grabbed a quarterback. They People did. thought the Chargers might take a quarterback earlier too. Yeah, and people – looking yeah, ahead no, for Philip Rivers' with,
1: replacement, right? He's talking about with Josh Rosen too, and apparently oh, no, they didn't that's want right. to do that, which I think would have made a lot of sense for him. But Rosen, that would have been a, for the Chargers as as an organization
0: probably a really smart move, unless Philip Rivers, yeah. you know, ends up playing like four or five more years, which she I can. think Rivers is the one guy who loves playing but does not want to play that much longer. I
1: think if he if he I don't know man if I had uh you know if I had 25 kids like him I yeah, might want to I knew wanna, it, that's where you going. Yeah, I knew it. I might want to you know get out of the house as much as I could for as long as I you know was able Fair to enough. physically.
0: But they took quarterback Easton Stick from North Dakota.
1: Yep. Um, Literally translates to baseball bat.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> I had an Easton bat when I played baseball. Um out of Rawlings. I don't know anything about Easton Stick, but I feel like over the last few months on Twitter, people will just mention Easton Stick to me. Like, you should check out Easton Stick. Yeah. Why, because his name's cool or because he's actually a,
1: a good quarterback? But he played in North Dakota. That's why I never fucking heard of him. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't take, you know, I feel like Philip Rivers and Buckshot Calvert out of Liberty would Ooh. have been a pretty intimidating one-two. At quarterback, Buckshot. Uh, between yeah, the two of them, you know, Buckshot Calvert, like he's probably gonna have as many kids as Phillip Rivers too, based on his choice of university. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe they weren't willing to, uh, you know, take on that much baggage. But the Chargers feels like pretty decent value there. Yeah, the Chargers only want quarterbacks who
0: use the rhythm method for. Um, <laughs> For uh, sex, sex practices. Correct, uh, yeah. So, yeah, then they go sixth and seventh round. Like, I don't know these guys. Amiki. no, no idea. Igbule, defensive end. Houston, to. Cortez, uh, Broughton, Bro, Yeah. tackle Cincinnati. So, they had two defensive linemen late. Probably their biggest area need is making their defensive line better. Yeah.
1: Um, it seems so, like a pretty good draft, I'll say. One more pick than the Broncos. So. Uh, Yeah, I will say about the Chargers, they spent uh, some pretty high capital on guys like – not too high, but like um, Forrest Lamp, who everybody assumed was going to be great for them, uh, and then Dan Feeney at center who hasn't turned out to be all that good. Uh, There's still time. You know, he could be good. But they better hope that they do get good because they didn't take anybody to replace them. Yeah, was Forrest Lamp hurt last year again? Maybe? I would assume so. I don't know. It's a great name. Michael
0: Schofield ended up playing
1: ahead of him. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. I think he got hurt again. Uh, Anytime we're playing playing Michael Schofield, you have to assume that there are injuries.
0: Yeah, but that's – I mean, that's going to continue to be – right now their offensive line is still their their biggest weakness.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're pretty lucky that they have a guy like Philip Rivers who kind of negates some of that. Yeah. Obviously because he's such – An athlete. But they're also the team that didn't need, like,
0: I feel they didn't have huge holes. Like, the Chiefs do now. The Raiders, (laughs) they're Swiss cheese. I don't even know what to make of the Raiders. Right. They had
1: a giant black hole as a um, team.
0: Yeah. The Chargers needed to do the least to get better in this draft. So, I don't know. But the Chargers always look good in the offseason. Correct. And they... You know, we saw him shit the bed in the playoffs last year. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, we should probably talk about the Chiefs, too, because uh, they've kind of tipped their hand at pick 56, too, by taking uh, Micole Hardman. Uh, Hardman, a just, a, just a ridiculous name. But yeah. Super fast guy out of Georgia. Uh, basically, Tyree Kill's replacement already. Yeah. Tyreek Hill is still on the roster uh at the at the time of this recording. So
0: about to go on the exempt list or some shit right. in the NFL. Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs highest grade B plus, lowest grade D plus. So definitely not as good as the Broncos. No. Um Yeah. This they took a fast like. They needed to use pick fifty-six, in my opinion, to improve their defense, and yes. they weren't able to do that because of the Tyreek Hill news that broke the day of the draft, with him just being a giant piece of shit, like we thought he might be. Uh, so they they have to draft <laughs> a player they were counting on being with them next year. Although, if the reports were true that they tried to trade him, I think, like. They, I heard they tried to trade him during the season, uh, but nobody would take.
1: Yeah, it's like, why are you trying to get rid of this guy? <laughs> so, and then let's that see. They, fishy.
0: they had six picks. They didn't have a first round pick. Um, so yeah, they they have to address a need they didn't know they would have.
1: Uh, well, yeah. Here's the thing: is they had clear holes that they needed to address on the defensive side of the football. And because of the Tyreek Hill situation, they had to spend their first pick on a guy who's, like, clearly not going to be as good as Tyreek Hill in that offense. (laughs) And
0: not not even, like, a a player – like, it's not a wide receiver everybody was talking about. Yeah, it's
1: it's not like Hollywood Brown.
0: Yeah, one of the top, like, explosive receivers in the Who's draft. Still, who like,
1: would still be, like, a pretty significant downgrade from Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, like, as shitty as
1: a person Tyreek Hill is. Yeah, so, yeah, aside from, you player. know, everything uh, in life is outside of football. Yeah, that's, that's a
0: big he, He's literally only done one thing good with his life, is play yeah, football.
1: Yeah, it's score touchdowns.
0: Yeah, so then the Chiefs go on to take, uh, is it Juan
1: Thornhill? Yeah, Juan Thornhill.
0: Safety Virginia. Uh, to pair with Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, who every time I hear his name, I could, I could, for whatever reason, I just think of Matt Saracen, yeah. and Jordan Lucas at, at safeties.
1: Uh, yeah, another small safety uh, to go with Tyron Matthew. Uh, so they clearly have a type back there. Um, for what it's worth, you know, they uh, kind of a, a different approach from Eric Berry going on to to Matthew and and Thornhill who are kind of more like, you know, I don't know how much they're going to do in the box, but they can definitely cover deep. So. Right. Got a different philosophy for sure on defense now.
0: Then Kalen Saunders, defensive tackle. Um, And then finally at four, they grab a corner, Uh, Rashad Fenton, South Carolina, uh, which I feel like corner should have been what they took at pick 56, maybe. Um, Kendall Fuller, good corner. But then their other corners, uh, Bashad Breeland, uh, Ch- Charvarius Ward. Like, and they did take Keith Reeser from the AAF. So maybe yeah. Keith Reeser yes. saves the franchise.
1: Who was already with the Chiefs before he went to the AAF.
0: And, you know – Maybe Rashad Fitton turns out to be pretty good. I don't know enough about him, but I feel like they it had to address like that position later than they would have liked to. Um, and then, of course, uh, running back, Darwin Thompson, Utah State. Yep,
1: everybody knows him.
0: And they now have Carlos Hyde, Damian Williams, and Daryl Williams, and they lost Kareem Hunt there. And then they okay. take a center,
1: Nick Allegretti, round six. Got it. Sounds like uh, some type of – musical like classical musical term allegretti yeah are you a soprano or an allegretti i'm an allegretti i'm a falsetto <laughs> yeah so essentially they replaced tyree kill with miko hardman and kareem hunt with darwin thompson right <clears throat> so, way to go they did have. They did add Frank Clark uh, uh, via the trade. Yeah, we should mention that the Chiefs have not had a first-round pick in either of the last two drafts, which... Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing. Obviously, uh, they're happy with the trade last year because they gave up that first-round pick for uh, Patrick Mahomes, which, right. you know, that turned out to be pretty good. And uh, with Mahomes...
0: You're probably going to turn average wide receivers into pretty good receivers. That's yes. probably the upside of you know you take a guy like Hardman; he's going mm-hmm. to play better than he
1: is because he has a good quarterback. Right. Um, the first round that they gave up this year, though, for Frank Clark, uh, I don't, I don't know if we, I don't think we've talked about this on the show, but that I think we've all, everybody, universally agreed, like regardless of how Frank Clark plays like that's just bad business to give up D Ford uh for a very similar player and Frank Clark uh, and also give up a first round pick. Right. And also like pay him, which you could have just done to D Ford without the first round pick. So Yeah,
0: I don't know what the Chiefs are doing defensively. Um, yeah.
1: also, you know the whole Frank Clark stuff, you know, right when the Tyree Kill stuff resurfaced. Yeah, I didn't know
0: I didn't know about Frank Clark's domestic violence history either
1: yeah it wasn't great it was it wasn't not great, great. so uh, I mean I, you know props to the Chiefs for just just blatantly not caring about it
0: it's, it's almost like the Chiefs saw that the Raiders were able to trade Khalil Mack and then were like hey we'll get rid of Justin Houston and D Ford but unlike the Raiders get
1: returned <laughs> yeah it's like no we just want them gone yeah, they've they discovered the new money ball. Like, the new market yeah. inefficiency is just, just take shitty people.
0: If they had acquired Frank Clark and kept Houston or Ford somehow, yeah. then they would look like they know what they're doing. And then also, like, I'm not sold that Steve Spagnuolo or Spagnolo is – Still
1: good at all? Yeah, yeah like, I don't think
0: so. I'm not sure he's going to fix their defense, so <laughs> – uh, but if their offense continues to produce like it's, it's done, then defense, like, you can give up points. Like, really, if you have an offense that continues to produce the way the Chiefs offense did last year, what you want your defense to be able to do is uh, cause turnovers and be like a playmaking yeah. defense, even if they give up points and yards and all that other shit. Kind of like when the, the Broncos won, uh, there was the the second Super Bowl, like – their defense wasn't good but they made a lot of plays that got the offense the ball back to right. continue that like let them score more points. So yeah, yeah, opportunistic. Maybe they can get by with that kind of philosophy. That's like the upside, but I'm going to stick by the fact that I think their defense is going to prevent them from being as successful as they should be.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, at least they uh at least they tried to change the off-season uh overtime rules, so.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, really focused on uh, high-character guys.
1: Correct. Okay, so the Raiders. <laughs> um, Speaking of high-character guys, they went the opposite direction. They're, uh, they're they, making some changes. <clears throat> they sure did.
0: Highest grade for the Raiders, A. Lowest grade, F.
1: <laughs> I think that's just how grades work. I don't, wow. I don't think, that's, I think that's just the only grades within the realm of possibility.
0: What I want to see is whoever gave them the A, Debate whoever gave them the F. <laughs> yeah. Are um, you
1: watching the same draft that I was?
0: Really, I think what this says is nobody has a clue yeah. if this is a
1: good draft for the Raiders or not. I mean, based on, you know, if we're talking about getting value for your pick, uh, this was not it. Bad for value. Pick Bad four.
0: Value.
1: Uh, I don't, here's the thing. I don't fucking understand it. Uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden you're both really dumb for doing this. They announced, like, before the draft, that they were going to have a surprise pick at four. First of all, who are you benefiting by, like, tipping your hand that you're going to – like, everybody knows you're going to do something stupid. You can at least pretend for the week, like, leading up to the draft that you're going to conduct yourself uh, like a, you know, an actual professional, you know, football person and and take someone who belongs at four nope they took Cleveland Farrell at pick number four who probably would have been there at 25 or 27 uh so well done but at least he's high character so they're really um you know they're they're really on the up and up in terms of their locker room so they get a bunch of high character players to take to uh las vegas nevada which they'll surely need high character people there
0: that is true that's a fair
1: point um I don't mind that pick because. Uh, what do you mean you don't mind that pick? That was a t- that was probably worse than the Daniel Jones pick. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, well, I don't know. I well, think if you're not if that's the guy that you want and you're picking at four, just trade down. It can't yeah, well, be that hard. They, you, you they, could take, they couldn't get a
0: trade. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They couldn't get a trade. Uh, I agree. But like, if you're gonna all you had to do is like
1: take a th- even like a third round pick. To, to trade down like 10 spots, which is not what it costs to go 10 picks. It costs much more than that. Even that, Farrell would have still been there, and you get a third-round pick, and people aren't calling you a dumb fucking idiot for taking him at four. No, that's, that's a win-win-win. That's, win,
0: win. that's true. In terms of strategy, you're right. Stupid. In terms yeah. of, I think I like this guy, Cleveland Farrell. I think he's going
1: to be a decent football player. Like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be average, probably. We'll see. But That's what everybody's saying. So the uh,
0: their their defensive line isn't scaring anybody between Farrell, Maurice Hurst, Jonathan Hankins, and Arden Key right now. No, it's not. Then they take
1: Josh Jacobs, running back Alabama, who you I said- just the most predictable pick in the draft. I, I, you know, I'm not gonna call it a bad pick, but like obviously this is the guy who they're gonna take. You know, oh yeah, John Gruden's gonna take a powerful SEC running back to replace Marshawn Lynch who uh, announced his retirement like days before the draft. This one, I think everyone saw from miles and miles away.
0: Right. When did the first running back go? After him. him. No, Uh, after him, I mean. Sorry. uh, It was in the second round, right? Good
1: question. Yeah, it was in the second round.
0: Because, again, you could argue they probably could have taken uh, Josh Jacobs in the second round. Probably. And, you know.
1: I don't think it's a good idea to take first-round running backs –
0: He's going to be paired with Isaiah Crowell and Jalen Rashard. Yeah. Uh, which only running back there that scares me is Isaiah Crowell after what he did to the Broncos last year. Correct. He's going to get one good game, against, one good game a year, and I feel like it's always going to be against the Broncos. Uh, and then safety, Jonathan Abram with their 27th pick.
1: Yeah, I think, I think this is a pretty good pick.
0: And then, yeah, so they have LaMarcus Joyner, Carl Joseph, and now Jonathan Abram. So maybe their safeties are slightly above average now, I think, maybe at best.
1: Yeah, they took uh, they took a couple corners. Like um, they took Trayvon Mullen out of Clemson, who obviously played his best in the most important game of his career. Right, three um, Clemson really guys good. for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, and they took um, – Another uh, long cornerback, Isaiah Johnson, out of Houston. So, maybe that was with, like, Cortland Sutton in mind. Who knows? Uh, But they've got Garyon Conley, Trayvon Mullen, and Isaiah Johnson at corner. So
0: They have young corners, and they have Nick Nelson that they drafted last year, and I remember that because one of my friends in high school is named Nick Nelson. Um, But he was injured coming – he was injured last year, like during the draft, but could be a decent corner. Like, I-, I think people thought he was pretty good, but he fell in the draft because he was injured. Uh, but there's no way to know that. And the Raiders' secondary was terrible last year. I don't know if they're going to be greatly improved with a bunch of young guys and then other guys that I don't really know playing back there for Oakland.
1: Yeah, I, I just I don't really have high hopes for them. Um as long as uh John Gruden is their head coach, which um you know, fortunately it's only gonna be for another nine years, so
0: yeah. I think their best pick might be Hunter Renfro in round five. I agree. Because uh, because of they had I mean, with Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, like Renfro, he's a slot receiver, right?
1: Yeah, no, he is the most slot
0: of all. Right, and he played five full years. Like, how long did he play college? Seven years. He's been in college time forever. But he's like a reliable. He's just different than those other two, and is probably like your safety blanket, uh, third down type guy. So, in terms of fitting with what they already have, that looks like a smart pick, Um, and also because I know who he is.
1: Yeah, scored the game-winning touchdown uh, in the championship game three years ago now. So yeah,
0: um, yeah, and then the, the tight high, end high, high Foster guys. Moreau, Quentin Bell, defensive end. Rarely those dude. guys.
1: Yeah, um, based on their first few picks, I wouldn't give it a very high grade. Um, they could have just taken anybody at any position and it would have been a position uh, of need. So I think they should have just taken – it just blows my mind that they took Cleland Farrell uh, when Josh Allen was still very much on the board. And right. Josh Allen, who's a very high-character guy, it's like you can get high-character guys in the second round too, so you don't have to take him at four. And like, Josh Allen's not a low-character guy.
0: No, but I'm not going to be mad – because if they didn't get much better, that works out for the Broncos.
1: Oh, I'm not – yeah, no, I I was delighted when I saw it. But <laughs> if I was a Raiders fan, uh, and I do know several, uh, they're not
0: – Not happy? Super happy, yeah. <clears throat> it's either an A or an F. That's all I know. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so in conclusion, we don't know if any of these teams got a lot better. No. It – I thought the draft was going to be crazier than it was. The it Broncos was, were the first team to make a, a trade, and we thought right. multiple trades could have happened in the top ten, and none
1: of them did. I would have liked to see it get shaken up a little bit, but it really wasn't. We had, yeah, we had uh, Josh Allen's go at seven the last two drafts, which I don't think that's going to happen uh, for a third year in a row. No, it'll never happen again.
0: <laughs> I, I'll bet. I'll guarantee that
1: freezing cold takes get on it
0: <laughs> garen yeah listen to my podcast and then bring it up on your twitter account please
1: yes you um, know real stupid
0: <laughs> trying to think here if we're missing anything before we leave i don't think so i think we covered it pretty good i could I be wrong so. i think so uh, i think we yeah which we which Bronco player that was drafted do you think is going to make the biggest
1: impact this season? I think it's no fan because there's a hole at tight end. Um, I think there's a chance that all three of the other tight ends could get injured horribly, um, and so I think he's going to get he's going to catch a lot of passes. Like I think he, just, he just fits seamlessly into the offense right away. Which I mean. You could see a scenario where Dalton Reisner doesn't start right away because, you know, they've got other options on the offensive line with experience. I know like, He will eventually. Obviously, you don't think Drew Locke's going to start aw- right away. Draymond Jones might not. And then, you know, obviously, yeah. the rest of them are all – Draymond uh, Jones won't guys. start,
0: but he'll play for sure. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, you could see – you could easily see Noah Fant – like, even if Hireman's, like, technically the starter, like, you'll see him play, you know, from day one.
0: Yeah, the thing about Noah Fant too is like he he almost benefits if one of the other Broncos tight ends plays pretty well
1: because if he you does, have two, yeah because he does other things
0: yeah like <clears throat> if Jake Butt uh, you know gets back from injury and becomes like a a threat in the passing game that just I feel like that opens up the door for Fant to like the, there's. Too many targets, then, that defensives right. have to account for. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think Dalton Reisner might make the biggest impact, but since he plays on the line, nobody's going to fucking notice. We're talking no. About it. That <laughs> includes us. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was the draft recap. Good job, everybody, except for the Giants, um, clearly. Yeah. And we will be back probably not next week, but the week after.
1: Almost definitely, yep.
0: Unless, like, Chris Harris uh, kills John Elway. Could happen. Could. It could happen. Fingers
1: crossed that it doesn't.